That's the tardy bell. It's time for Dr. Price Teaches. Pull up a desk and join this classroom community of educators. Welcome to another episode of Dr. Price Teaches. I am your host, Dr. Vincent Price. In today's episode, I'll be sharing with you a recent conference presentation that I gave. And this presentation focuses on my area of research, the teaching of African-American or Black literature. As a former student, high school English and French teacher, and now a teacher educator, I've witnessed firsthand the limited or lack of representation that can occur in the classroom if we're not being intentional about what we're doing. So this presentation touches upon that necessary intentionality as it explores how we even think about or conceptualize African-American literature. I hope you enjoy. Good morning. morning. I am Vincent Price and I'm a product of, of many things. I'm a product of Mississippi. I'm a product of <clears throat> a single parent household where education was really valued. I am also a product of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. All of those instilled in me this understanding, this awareness that uh, people who look like me, black folks, African-American folks, had a history, had a contribution, something that was worth uh, valuing, something that was worth understanding. I'm also a product of schooling that did not necessarily um, line up with that representation. It was very limited, limited in time. So focusing on Black History Month in February or discussions of Harlem Renaissance or focusing or limited in scope. So um, presenting folks who look like me in the context of slavery, civil rights, or a, an eternal struggle. So. Going into education, I, I felt that it was necessary to, to do something about that representation as an English teacher. So this presentation uh, is a digital version of an article that should be coming out in the Journal of Negro Education. But I've called it a more than slavery, civil rights and struggle, expanding the teaching of black literature. There we go. African-American literature, what comes to mind like, whose face comes to mind when you think African-American literature? August Wilson. Okay. Okay. Fan fantastic. Okay. Is there a particular text, a short story, poem, poetry, uh, play that comes to mind as well? Phenomenal Woman. Phenomenal Woman. Okay. All right. Harlem. Okay. So, the names and titles that come to our minds speak to our experiences, the experience of where, when, and how we were raised, the experience of what we read on our own, also the experience of what we read and studied in school. And these names and titles, you know, coalesce into an understanding of what this body of black literature is for our understanding. <clears throat> because the school is that primary site for that conceptualization, it's important to understand what's going on in the school, see how teachers are then approaching black literature, because that will then 
inform how students are viewing or conceptualizing black literature. So that's exactly what I did in my study a few years ago. It's dissertation work asking essentially how do high school English teachers teach black literature. <laughs> so before we get to that, let's do some groundwork first. So how has it been conceptualized? So if you go back to 1975, <clears throat> Roger Whitlow conducted a survey of um, universities and colleges uh, across the nation, wanting to take, uh, get an understanding of what black literature uh, is being taught. What's the state of black literature? So what courses are, are being taught and what texts are being taught in those courses? So come to find out after surveying 648, there's some authors whose name continues to be present whose works continue to be uh, there. So names like Richard Wright, Ralph Ellison, James Baldwin, Amiri Baraka, Langston Hughes. The majority of those, uh, their works are going to be very focused on um, voicing that black experience, speaking to a black person in society trying to get through these struggles, okay? It should be noted that around 1975, it was shortly after the the development of the Black Studies program. And Black Studies programs developed into uh, a form or a way of educating the, the white population to try to reduce racial tension. So if we educate people about how um, black people experience the world, how black, black people experience society, then there'll be more understanding, less misunderstanding, so on and so forth. So it makes sense, perhaps, that the texts that are taught are gonna be specifically written in that black voice of experience. So here's the struggle that we are experiencing. Here's how we see things, and you should understand that. But then we have the Coretta Scott King Book Award focusing on children's authors and illustrators. So this, <clears throat> here's one piece of the criteria, one main piece of the criteria. So in order to get this award, the material, whether it's the words or the pictures, the illustrations, must speak to some aspect of African-American culture with an awareness of MLK's sense of brotherhood of, of all cultures. So in order to get this title, this award, that text is going to have to speak through, yet again, the, that black voice of experience. So acknowledging, honoring, and educating about the uniqueness of black lives and culture. So if we take this criteria and we take the results from the Whitlow study, then we have a better understanding of how it has been conceptualized. And so to be deemed black literature, you need to be more than just a black author writing the text. That text needs to be essentially race matter, speaking from that voice of experience, bearing witness to the experiences of Africans in America or African Americans uh, past, present, and future. So it's more focused, this conceptualization, for better or for worse. So now that the groundwork is laid, my study is taking a look at uh, a particular group in Tennessee, in one Tennessee school district, high school English teachers, surveyed uh, 45 teachers, asking them how well, first of all, did you teach any black literature in the previous year? Um, 
what did you teach? When did you teach it? Why did you teach it? And so I believe it's important to understand that curriculum is, can be seen as a form of ideology because the what, what we go into presenting to our students is that knowledge that is important to know. So what, what they do know, what they don't know is all the result or mostly a result of that curriculum. What's important, what's not important, whose voice is there, whose voice is not there. So whether we realize it or not, curriculum has some impact, impact and is intentionally designed. So exploring what they taught and why. So let's see why they taught it first. Hmm. So we have 45%, the biggest group, 45% branding. They taught literature because they wanted to rebrand literature as all-inclusive. So it's not just when you think of literature, you think of white literature. But it's all-inclusive. So an example comment. Because significant literature is significant literature. Students should be exposed to all types of writing and writers. So some folks believed that that was the case. That's their drive. 33% felt that they taught the black literature to connect with the black students. Example, comment. The majority, and that's 94% of my students, were African American. I want them to hear voices that speak their truth and their experience. Okay, so <clears throat> if you're familiar with Rudine Sims Bishop, uh, literature or reading as a mirror, self-affirmation reflection. And then 19% focusing on the other population of students. So I want my, uh, my non-black students, primarily the white students, to hear from voices of experience. Example comment, for pieces by African-American writers, get this, that expressly discuss the experience of being black in America, I think that white students need to hear these perspectives. So if you look at that comment alone, you can see that that will really direct, put a frame around what is going to be presented as black literature. If that literature is not offering anything different, anything more than the white literature can, is not going to be included. It's a, the literature is seen as stories of difference. Going back to the 1975 Whitlow, because we're trying to educate the white students so they can better understand. These voices of difference, these stories of difference, still seem to be framed, though, within slavery, uh, civil rights struggle. Here's the proof. Here is a list of what the teachers taught most. It's interesting, interesting to unpack. So number one, nondescript Langston Hughes poetry. What does that mean? Well, it's because people literally said Langston Hughes poetry or poems by Langston Hughes. Quote, Langston Hughes poetry has become so pervasive that it ceased being uh, single entities for the most part. And it's just up there. Now, you do have Harlem, Dream Deferred, and then I Too coming in. But uh, that, that was always interesting to me. And then the number two is Their Eyes Were Watching God, Zora Neale Hurston. Okay. And then you can keep on going. Uh, maybe you think of these when you think of uh, African-American literature. Who did the teachers teach most? I mean, obviously, Langston Hughes is going to be there. And Maya Angelou with I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings and then Zora Neale Hurston. It's very interesting. 
Zoe Neale Hurston is there for one text and one text only. Their eyes are watching God. Maya Angelou, um, I know why the cage bird sings and some of her poems, Langston Hughes, poetry. <laughs> but if you look at these texts, you'll see that, and these authors, you'll, you might see that a lot of these are going to be speaking from that voice of experience. Here is what it looks like to live in America and to try to, try to survive in America as a black person. But as we move forward today, if we're thinking about changing how this, is, this conceptualization is formed, then it goes through exposure. We as teachers teach what we've been exposed to, what we're used to, so we have to kind of jump in there and change that cycle. So as teacher educators, exposing students to more literature that they can then feel more comfortable teaching in the classroom, and then those students, as they're growing up, they have a more expanded definition, understanding of what African-American literature is and can be. So we have to go against that tradition of text that is clearly existing, and we have to be very intentional about what text we're teaching, what representations we have, because it's not, it's not enough to just continue to put in the, the hate you give, the hate you give, the hate you give, and books like that. They're important in their own right, but that's not the only voice. And I don't want to ha always have to see myself in that position. So we are more than slavery, civil rights, and struggle. There we go. <laughs> That's class, folks. Don't forget your homework. Like this episode, share with others, and follow me on Instagram at Dr. Price Teaches. See you next class. Take care. <laughs>